FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. Welcome back to the FCS football podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by my former teammate, Mr. Sean Anderson. Sean, this has to be the most frustrating show to do at this moment because we had not one, but two FCS FBS games come down to not only single possessions, but two point conversions to either tie or win these games. I I don't know about you, Sean, but I was losing my mind seeing the endings of both of these because of how close they got. I could tell you're frustrated because you opened the show by just saying former teammate instead of saying former teammate and co-host or former teammate and friend, Sean you're Anderson. Just some, you're just some you guy You just said former teammate. So if there's someone that's going <laughs> to stumble up upon this, they're going to think, oh, he just brought on one of his teammates for the show. No, 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 no. I, I, I believe that if you're new and listening to this episode, I didn't get the proper introduction. Oh, 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 I'm a you co-host. disenfranchised? Yeah, I, I'm kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so no no thoughts on the game? Uh, so dude, you, it, it's... We never really set our expectations that high for FCS versus FBS. Uh, because that's just... It's it's high risk, high reward for, for setting your hopes up. Uh, so we really... I, at least I try to stay rather pessimistic. That's just me. But when it starts getting close and then it all starts taking over and you, you all the hope comes in and you're just it's just boiling and boiling. And then, it, you know, kablooey, I cannot. It's it's gut wrenching. It is gut wrenching because all we want to do is see more FCS schools beat FBS schools. That's all we ever want to see. You right. Know, we for, try to stay you know. as realistic as possible because we played in these games and if you're on the field, you're getting high on hopes to go out there and get a victory over a big-time program. It doesn't always work out like that. We, we had two games in our careers where it was close against Central Michigan. We went to overtime, and then Virginia Tech was triple w- within triple overtime, which was within a couple s- scores, really, of us possibly getting back into it. We ended up losing that game. So we've been there before. The better thing to do is be realistic here. But when you have not only the fact that they were close, but that they almost could have tied or won these ball games, makes it so gut-wrenching to have to talk about them right now. The two games we're referring to, which we're going to break down, is Campbell losing to Georgia Southern and Houston Baptist losing to Texas Tech. We're going to get to that, though. Before I do, though, folks, I just want to share a quick message with our sponsors, that being Bet Online, as it is every single week. The wait is finally over. Football is back. We finally got to watch not only a ton of college football on Saturday, but on top of it, a full slate of NFL games on Sunday and now also on Monday night. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in, the, in on the action at Bet Online. 
From game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Sean, the first game I'd like to get into here is the, the Campbell-Georgia Southern one. And not only is this game frustrating because they lost in a narrow, hard-fought battle, but for some reason, despite my internet being completely fine, on ESPN's end, this game kept disconnecting on the final drive on of the game where they almost tied it up or took the lead on their eventual two-point conversion attempt. I was losing my mind over the fact that I couldn't see what was going on and I had to keep reloading the page until it, it finally fixed itself. Um, <laughs> well, at my job, I, I normally have to, I get sometimes two TVs to watch the games on. Uh, and sometimes I just, have nice. to, I just have to track it on, a, um, on the ESPN page, just the play-by-play. So if you were having to do that, I can understand how, <laughs> how painful that must have been because you see the name come up in all caps and you're like, oh, all caps, what happened? And then it's like, okay, two-yard run. But the uh, we're using ESPN Plus? I was not. I was just using ESPN3. Oh, that that product. I, I don't know. I, I, I have very not great feelings about ESPN Plus and how they rush that product out, and it's yeah. never been good for me. Or any, I haven't heard anybody say, hey, this is a really good product. You should get this. Regardless, it definitely was not. Um, it was a very fun game. And I know that Georgia Southern was getting a lot of preseason, not accolades, but they were getting some recognition for being a really good team, uh, especially in the last couple of years. Uh, so the way that Campbell went out and played and how how well they played, I get it. it it's all it, week one or the first game, early season, you can make up for a lot of mistakes because you've had now, I don't know, four months to, to fully prepare just for this one game because it's not like you're playing a whole season. So you can get super into detail, super, uh, uh, you can isolate your focus, uh, which I'm sure Campbell did, but also Georgia Southern got to do that too. So I, I have to completely tip my hat to, to Campbell for putting up that fight. Right. This was a Georgia Southern team that made a bowl game last year. This is a very good football program. And Campbell was actually leading 13-6 to at halftime. That was when I, I was able to give my full attention to this game. And I watched the second half. There were a lot of really, really tough plays in this game. And one of them that really put Campbell in a tough spot when the game was close. And I think it was the, uh, close to the end of the third quarter or fourth quarter. Campbell's punter dropped a, a perfectly fine snap. The commentators were speculating it was because the sun was in his eyes. That put Georgia Southern in really good scoring position. So eventually, after all this time, Georgia Southern, despite being down, fought their way back into the game and took a lead. The final drive of the game, I think, was the most gut-wrenching because Haj Malik Williams was very consistent, moving Campbell down the field, gets them in scoring position, they're able to score, and then on a two-point conversion by Coach Mentor, a decision to say, we're not going for the tie, we're going for the W, we're going to score two points here, we're going to go home with the victory in this shortened season. The attempt, however, was no good. It was a, a, a pass that was a little bit errant, so they weren't able to connect on that play. 
the the thing I want to discuss here now, Sean, is was that a smart decision to do with, with a very brief season to go for two, to go for the victory? Would you have done the same thing if you were in Coach Minter's shoes? I literally, you just swayed me. I uh, originally was like, why wouldn't you just take the, why wouldn't you just kick the PAT? But then you said the words brief season. So in this situation, whereas we really don't know still if we, obviously the season is still going on, but if something happens, it could be done for. So in a brief season or a season where you really have no 100% certainty that you're going to be playing your next game, go for the win. I'm for it. I'm for Minter going for the win there. I really am. I know that by the book you wouldn't, but sometimes you got to step up to the table, put your chips down, say, I'm going to I'm gonna take this chance. And he did. If it converts, we're having a much nicer conversation, uh, but it didn't. Uh, but in this um, situation of a, of a brief season, I like that decision a lot. I'm in the same situation as you. I was actually conversing with Peter Mooney, who we've constantly discussed stuff with on Twitter about FCS with him. It seems like whenever there's a big headline, we we, we end up talking about it with him or, or, or Colin Sutrick uh, is one of the other consistent listeners who always reaches out to us about stuff happening. And he pointed out that he wasn't a fan of that decision. But I was saying to him, it is a tough decision, but can you really blame him for saying – this season is not going to count for anything. We're not going to play for a championship. So why not go out there and ride the momentum that got you into the end zone? If you've been struggling in the fourth quarter, you let them get back into it. You have the momentum to go down and score on the drive. Why not take the chance and just win it right there? Be risky. There there aren't any risks or consequences because if you hit that, you're you're knocking off an FBS opponent. You're the first FCS FBS upset of the season. You miss it. I don't think there's that much of a a downfall for missing it because you lose a football game in a season that is mostly playing FBS opponents. I don't think that's a major thing. And this team should feel great about their performance in this game, despite not hitting on this final two-point conversion to win the game. I'd like to say that Peter Mooney and Colin Sutrick have, between both of them, have basically annihilated Kwame's corner from the show. Like, <laughs> like we just, they don't ask us questions anymore. They just talk to us. We had, good, we, we, yeah, we had a good <laughs> segment, and now they've killed it. I miss Kwame's Corner. So if you're a listener, if you, and, and you're just listening new, because we have been getting a good amount of new listenership, we had a segment called Kwame's Corner. It was basically our, our mailbag, where you, you would send in a question, we'd answer it on air, we'd say your name. But a couple people, they got their name heard a couple times. They got real comfortable with the boys. So now we don't have Kwame's Corner anymore. So please ask us a question. We want the segment back. Yeah, send us in questions. I'm fully willing to bring that back. I mean, we fumbled it a little bit by not including and pulling for questions like we keep telling ourselves that we're going to do. So, Sean, hopefully either of us remembers on next Monday to ask for questions before we record, and then maybe we'll get them on Twitter because, I mean, if people are listening on a Tuesday when these come out, they're going to forget the next week to send in a question. Well, they can I send them Colin, anytime. Yeah, and I bet Colin still sends in a question because he's always on top of us for some reason for everything we, we say and do. He's got our uh, notifications on. 
Yeah, exactly. I know if but, I send out a tweet, I'm at least going to get one like from Colin yeah, Sutter. <laughs> right. It's like having a bot turned on for your for your tweets. Sean, this next game was also quite difficult to react to the final outcome. Houston Baptist losing to Texas Tech 35-3. to A bit of a sloppy game. A lot of mistakes, a lot of reviews, a lot of fumbles. A lot of weird stuff happened in this game. Zappi had a lot of big stats, but he was missing on a, a number of his throws, couldn't get to his receivers. That is why he ended up going 30 for 49. We'll talk about that stat line when we get to Fat Stats. As you can expect, he's back-to-back leader of Fat Stats for this um, for this this podcast. It was a close game at halftime. Then in the very close to the end of the third quarter, 21 to 20 in favor of Texas Tech. So they were right in this thing. They were close to upsetting a Big 12 opponent in the third quarter. Josh Stearns is the guy who had two huge long touchdowns. He puts them back in the game on the second one, 35 to 27, as Texas Tech is slowly starting to pull away in the fourth quarter. Then Texas Tech moved the ball all the way down to the field. Fourth and one, a huge scrum does not get them a first down. They have to bring out the chains and everything to check this thing, and they are just short. That final drive was incredible. Zappi was dinking and dunking and effectively moving the ball down the field, hitting guys right where they needed to, and then finally scored on the end of this drive to Jareth Stearns. I don't know for sure. I wish I checked. I'm betting that there is a relation to both of the Stearns there. I saw Stern Brothers on that. It's Stern Brothers. Okay, that's what I was assuming. If you have not a unique last name, but if you don't have like a like a um, if you have a a last name that matches someone on your team that's not like a very common last name, it's pretty easy to assume that your brothers. But so the 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 Stearns brothers had huge performances performances in this game. Jared Stearns is that final. Touchdown reception, but on the two-point conversion, he tries to, Bailey Zappi tries to get the ball over to the right corner, is not able to complete it. Game effectively ends on that. So, Sean, what are some of the things, if there's any major key takeaways from this game that you might have noticed? The biggest takeaway for me is uh, how the show's close personal friend, Bailey Zappi, played. A lot of people... I, I you wouldn't said even say your person, close personal friend. He is my <laughs> personal close friend. Uh, but I would also, since he has appeared on the show, I will also call him a friend of the show. Just like CA Commotion Commissioner Joe D'Antoni. We had a previous friendship that went deep, and then he eventually came on the show, and that was nice. But um, You're going to scare some people away. <laughs> <laughs> came to my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I snuck into his. But the... Um, <laughs> Jesus. Zappy, I really liked how he played. Um, the big throws that he made, I know that you're going to miss some throws. I know that. We know that. You know that. But the throws that he did make were so good. His The way that he uses his body to get the ball downfield, wait, wait, I know you said that he underthrew some balls, which he did, but when he when he gets it right and he gets his body all behind it, it's right on target. It is a phenomenal ball. The deep balls, I was very impressed with it. I thought that he just helped himself out even more this game. He looked great to me. So they ended up losing this game, though. The you know big takeaway, he ends up throwing a ton of passes, throwing 49 passes, still completely lighting up statistically 
in this game going over 500 yards. Big thing for me, they really struggled to run the ball. Only yeah. Their top rusher only had 2.1 yards per carry. That, that's not a good day, and I, th- I almost wonder if they were able to run the ball a little bit better and weren't so reliant on the pass. Maybe they could have had a bit more of an advantage towards the end of this game, maybe on the two-point conversion instead of going for the throw. Maybe more balance could have helped them out in this game, even though he he was able to throw for over 500 yards. It's always so good. I was just going to go ahead. Just my last uh, piggyback on that. Uh, it's it's always good to be multi-dimensional on offense. So I don't think you have to wonder if the uh, if the running a game was working better, if they would have possibly won or been more dangerous. I, that's a, almost a certainty in my book. We might as well go right into fat stats because th- that was the the game that had two of our top statistical performers. Sean, who is your guy? Uh, again, close personal friend of the show, Bailey Zappi. Thirty really for, me out with that. Thirty <laughs> completions. It might be my tone. Uh, Five hundred and sixty-seven yards and four touchdowns. That is an obese stat. It's obese. <laughs> There's nothing fat about it. This is I've got to I got to go to my doctor. I got to figure something out. That is a stat that you can't. It's a sedentary lifestyle. It is eating two pizzas a night. That's how fat that stat is. If I could also pick Zappy, I would. But I want to give credit to Josh Stearns. Five receptions, two hundred nine yards, two touchdowns, two huge long receptions helped him get that stat line. So. Back-to-back weeks, we have uh, picks from Houston Baptist. Maybe Zappy. I don't believe they're playing this upcoming week, but maybe next time they play, we can get another fat stat from him. Sean, let's get on into FC Estimates, where we pick the outcomes of games. I want to do a quick recap here of the previous week. Eastern Kentucky at West Virginia. The final score was 56-10 to in favor of West Virginia. I we both get point here, but Sean, you also get an extra point oh. because like you were within ten points of the correct score. You guessed fifty-two to three. Is that actually is that it within ten points? Oh gosh, it might not be fifty-four seven. No, that's eleven. <laughs> oh, so you don't get that extra point. Good Damn job, it. us checking the math. So uh, I'm gonna bump you down one point here in our tally. As you can see, folks, we didn't take many math classes at the University of Rhode Island. Voting Next game, the Citadel. Sean, can you check the other game I gave you credit for the the correct score? Yeah, I can check the other game. Uh, Actually, no, you you got that one. You got that one. The Citadel at uh, South Florida. I got this one wrong because I picked the Citadel. The final score ended up being 26-7 in in favor of USF. Sean, you picked this one correctly, saying it was going to be 35 to 24. Not correct on the stat line, but you were, or the score line rather, but you did get that pick correct. Campbell at Georgia Southern, we both got this one correct, 27 26 in favor of Georgia Southern. Neither of us were even close to the correct score. Apparently, mm-hmm. we didn't have much faith. I had more faith than you did because I said 38 to 18. Yeah. Missouri State at <laughs> Oklahoma, this is the one where Sean had the disturbingly close score. Uh, glo- Score. Yep. Tough Monday for us. I picked 52 to 10. Sean picked 48 to 3. The correct score was 48 nothing. Oklahoma. Houston Baptist at Texas Tech. Neither of us had enough faith, but still said it was going to be close. Uh, I said 49-38. You said 48-35. Final score was 35 to 33. The funny thing is we pointed out and, and joked about <laughs> how how Zappy was going to throw for 
gaudy stat line, and this was going to be a really close game. So we, 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 we almost predicted that one. The final tally, though, Sean, after the first week because of the point arrangement is me for you six. Yep. Just a quick clarification before we get into the next week. The scoring system for FC estimates this year is going to be one point for the correct pick, five points for a correct upset, and then also, if you're within 10 points of the score, you get an extra pick. Sean. Do, oh, do we want to make a another fan? Do, uh, uh, no, I don't. Picks? No. Why not? No. I like that. Uh, do you want to manage it? I don't know. What happened to um, uh, Nick Maceroni was managing Mas- it. Uh, Maceroni was managing it? Yeah, he was managing. Get him on the blower. I like that. I like that segment. You reach out to him. You, you have his phone number. Him. You reach out to him. Sean, let's do next week. I have no clue if we'll actually do the fan one or not. Uh, Campbell, Coastal Carolina is our first one. Sean, what is your pick? Coastal Carolina wins 24-21. That is a close one. I am going to go Campbell... Uh, do I actually, do I want to make that commitment? You know what? I'm going to go with another upset. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to flip your score, say 24 to 21 Campbell. They came Uh, close. They're going to be upset. They're going to do some risky stuff. They're going to get the win. Sean, next game, Austin P Cincinnati. What are you picking? Uh, Cincinnati beats Austin P. Let's go. I know they don't have Daniel Boyd anymore, so you know that's gonna hurt their offense. Uh, let's see here. That was two years ago. Cincinnati. I'm just trying to give a shout out to somebody that I care about. Okay. I know that you don't like any of your former teammates, but I do. Okay. You know uh, what? Don't do that to me. <laughs> don't do that to me. Uh, Cincinnati wins uh, 42 to 10. All right. I'm gonna go with Cincy in this one. Let's go 38-3 to as the final score. Sean, Stephen F. Austin, UTSA, what are you predicting? Mm. UTSA, unfortunately. Um, let's go with 31. 31, uh, what's 24? Plus? It's not, it's not going to be 27. 31-24. Uh, I'm not going to go with this one being as close. I'm going to go UTSA. 35 to 17 oh, I like in favor that of UTSA. Citadel Clemson. Sean, who are you picking? Uh, I'm picking. Can I take a first quarter score? No. Okay. Well, my first quarter score is going to be 14 7 Clemson. Uh, mark that down, people. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Clemson wins 56. Citadel gets 17. Uh, I'm going to keep this a you little know, no, bit no, no, more no, low no. score. I'd like to go. What? What? I'm going 56, 24. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit more low scoring, but not much. I'm going to say 42 to 10 in favor of Clemson, central Arkansas, Arkansas state. Who are you picking? I'm picking central Arkansas to win it. All right. And oh, yeah, no, I'm picking them to win it. It's a really emotional uh, Arkansas State team after they hit their upset, so I, I think it's gonna they're gonna have to come down from that. So I'll take Central Arkansas by a score. So weird of, take. I'll take Central Arkansas by a score of twenty eight to twenty one. Uh, I think I am gonna go with the correct situation here. Arkansas State is a much 
You're losing. better team yeah. than people want to give them credit for. I'm going to go 42 to 16 uh, in favor of Arkansas State. Last one, Sean Abilene, Christian UTEP. UTEP wins. I'm going to hit it with a 35 to 6. Uh, I'm not too opposed to something around that line. I'm going to go 45 to 10 in favor of UTEP. Sean, that is the last of our picks. Do you have any closing thoughts for us before I wrap us up? Uh, closing thoughts, really, uh, we get a lot of stuff right on this show, and we don't pat ourselves on the back, but we keep on predicting stuff that ends up happening. So if you know somebody and you, you need to turn them on to some people that are correct about stuff, show them this show. That's all I want to really say is that we hit it on the head. And I'm sure I'm going to jinx myself. So show them this show in two <laughs> weeks. That'd be great. You definitely, you definitely just jinxed us on that. Folks, thanks for tuning in. As always, follow me on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. Follow Sean at Sanderson Radio. Also follow Believe Podcasts at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. Also head to Believe.com to find our show as I don't know I don't know why I struggled <laughs> so much so, yeah. Believe that <laughs> It's like a for Swedish our podcast. all of a sudden Swedish all of a sudden uh, Go to Believe.com for our show as well as hundreds of other amazing shows You can also find us on Apple Podcasts Google Play Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify Art19, you name it We are there Let's see how things turn out with week 3